and Barner. Hey, Karen Devaney, we need a promo. You know, like where we talk about what we do on our podcast. On our sugar-coated murder podcast? Like how we love to bake and talk about murder? That's what we need to talk about. There you go. I think we've talked about it. Y'all find us on all your favorite listening apps. Stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so don't be blasting it over the speakers at school or at work or some other public place that has people with sticks at their butts, okay? I'm assuming if you're listening, you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned, there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. Enjoy! Okay, like, so last night I watched like three hours of Scream in a row. Because <laughs> like I take notes on all of it. And so I was like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Get this out. <laughs> it was a lot. Like I have a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> As I was watching these, I was like, uh, oh, right, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Things there are coming a- back. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I forgot that little twist and turn. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's it's still cool. terrible, though. It's still terrible. <laughs> well, that's not true. I feel like the first half of the season is actually better than the second half. Um, I think the second half is better. Hmm. Interesting. Because of the, I guess, because of the kills and, you know, um, because the second half, they, they throw more wrenches into, well, who do you think it might be? And it's like, oh, it's this person, but it might be this person, but there's evidence for this person, but there's evidence for this person. You're like, oh, who is it? But I, you know, going through it back, I mean, going back and I'm seeing the clues that were laid there for the person who eventually sure. is the killer. And I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. Why are they acting this way? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hmm. So. Yeah. I'll save my opinion until we get to it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to the Rewatch Recap with me, Dustin, and Orlean from Spooky and Strange Podcast. We are on episode eight, Ghosts. Ooh, ghosts. Ooh. There are no ghosts in this episode, though. <laughs> that would have been more interesting, though, had there been ghosts it in this episode. It actually would have really spiced things up to like, have Ooh, some ghosts. ghosts. <laughs> No, I think they're just talking about ghosts of the past or whatever, or ghosts of trauma. I don't know. So um, last week, obviously, we had something big and traumatic happen at the end. That was huge ending. Oh, Oh my my gosh. Yeah. And this is probably one of the worst kills I've ever seen in anything, actually. Um, It's pretty bad. Uh, it's, It's pretty bad. It's gruesome. It is. It's really gruesome. Very, very gruesome. But before we get to that, before we dive into episode eight, I wanted to um, tell you, I was looking at um, the cast on social media, mm-hmm. and I think most of them have like a Twitter. Most of them have uh, an Instagram. None of, Only one of them is still active on Twitter, and that's John Karna, who plays Noah. He's the only one who's oh, still active. Okay. Everybody else has been off for like at least a year, even more, maybe, but they still I have. I mean, 
as I was watching him, I was like, I hope he gets some more roles. He's pretty good at acting terrified, but also cracking jokes. Yeah. He's good at being the geek. And, you know, I think he's, he seems really nice too. Online, he seemed pretty cool. Um, he still hangs out with some of the cast, it looks like. Uh, when I found Carlson Young, who plays Brooke, I found her Instagram. I followed several of them on Instagram via the rewatch recap. Sure. Thanks. So I got, I got Willa Fitzgerald, who's Emma, I think John Corna. I know, um, Bex Taylor Klaus is on Instagram following them. And I found, and so when I found Carson Young, I was like, oh, they, you know, apparently, I don't know if he was dog sitting for her or it was just a picture of her, his, her dog and him, but it was cute. really cute. He has long hair now, not like, not like long hair, but like, you know, it's not short and like, no, it's, it's more like, uh, I guess Kieran's, um, oh, okay. a little longer like that. And, you know, they're still hanging out, it seems. I was like, that's cool. I like when people make everlasting friendships, you know, like that from like yeah. circumstances of working together or whatnot. But um, yeah. Also, are they acting? And like, I'm kind of curious what happened with the actor who plays Kieran. I am too. His hair is long, like shoulder length now. Oh, I saw that. Or at least it was the last picture I saw. But Carlson Young is actually apparently an Emily in Paris on Netflix. Oh, I mean, good for her, but I have not watched that show. I haven't even heard it's really cringeworthy, but it's something you yeah. still want to watch. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. But like when you watch it, like you want to keep watching it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch it, but I keep hearing it's like fun to watch, but and people love watching, but apparently it's don't, really bad. Don't give it the views. <laughs> we don't want another season of that. <laughs> well, they've already got a second season coming. So it's already in the, you know, on the books. So I don't know. I've already recorded, but not recorded, filmed it. So, yeah. Anyway, so Carlson Young, um, I like tag. I was just posting things like, oh, I love Jake. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I, you know, I miss Brooke. I, I forgot how much rewatching makes me fall back in love with Brooke or whatever, something like that. For you know? sure. And I wrote and I just tagged her. I don't know. I tag people sometimes. She actually looked at my stories at the. Oh, fun. The rewatch recap stories. And I was like, oh, but she she didn't say anything. But <laughs> come on, Carlson. Maybe she'll listen. Yeah, you're awesome. We like you. Come on, reach out. And by the way, all the criticisms we make, we're making about the characters, not the actors. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, on the whole, the actors are doing, I think, the best they can with what I don't think is the best writing. Yeah. I read a little bit more about it. Apparently, Wes Craven was originally supposed to direct the pilot, but Ooh. they got somebody else to direct it. And he really didn't have much to do with it at all. It ended up just being an executive producer by name only through all three seasons, mm. even posthumously when season two came out, because I think he died between season one and two. So he just made some money off of it. Basically, yeah. And Dimension okay. Fin and the Weinsteins, which, yeah. Mm. Um, but they, after the whole sexual allegations thing, they took the Weinsteins name off of season three, like it was before it premiered. So. Oh, good. Yeah. So they learned that lesson. But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I don't know. I, you know. So Carlson, John. Willa, Bex, uh, Amadeus. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's such a like grandiose name for. It's an intense name. It really is. And uh, uh, yeah. Or um, what's the other one? Connor. Connor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and Tom. Tom Madden, which I found out it was Madden, not Maiden. Uh, yeah. Come on. Reach out to us. Hope you're listening. Probably aren't. But that'd be fun if you are. We like you. We like you people. I'm sorry if I criticize you. And especially Connor, because I talk about your lip color matching your, you know, you're still an attractive guy. <laughs> you are. You I, are. I mean, I think that's nice, but he, 
probably doesn't need that. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> well, after this, he definitely needs, well, you know, he's apparently done pretty well and has been several shows after his demise on this show, which is where we're getting back to. At the end of the last episode, Emma got called and went to go see Will and ran through the barn and hit a tripwire and poor Will was tied up and bound and gagged and that damn, I still don't know what that machine is called. I don't either. I found but out the like long time. I forgot to look at it. Tore him in half. Yeah. We don't oh. really need to know what it is. We just know it's farm equipment that cuts and it, yeah, all we saw was the blood splattering on Emma and my goodness. So... Orlean's going to take this one away, and I'll just comment. <laughs> Thanks, Dustin. You're welcome. We open up episode eight with, unfortunately, some more detailed shots of the gore we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. We get flashes of bloody clothing and parts and other things and bloody farm equipment, and it's awful. Ugh. And then... We flash back to Emma running in slow motion towards Will, like she's reliving it as her mom's corner narration comes in and tells us what we already saw. The body of 17-year-old Will Belmont was discovered by Emma Duval. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. And the way the body is shown. Mm. Mm. Because the mom runs up, like comes home and Emma's just kind of stoically like shocked and walking away all bloody and the mom's just looking at her like what's going on <laughs> like, oh yeah so it, i feel like it's kind of worse as we see this next part play out emma covered in blood literally covered in blood walking back out of the barn right past will's mom says nothing just keeps walking will's mom doesn't immediately call the police seeing emma covered in blood and instead, she goes to see what happened. Oh. And the camera is on the other side of Will's split body. It's 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 gruesome looking. Like, there's a like stringy crap holding his ugh. between his skull. And it's, ugh. oh, God, it's horrible. Ugh. It's horrible. It's a pretty damn bad kill. It's a damn. I know. It is maybe the first episode that earns its scream. Because we're all like, oh my god. More like, like, (laughs) gag. It's It's really, they really went, the special effects people went for it. They did. It was, they did a good job too. I'll have to give it to them. Yeah, I I don't want to see it again. (laughs) So when we come back, Emma is being questioned by her mom and the sheriff. In the middle of the bullpen, there's like no privacy. She's just in like a desk chair. And they're asking her questions. I'm like, leave her alone, Sheriff. Also, right, it just happened. She's clearly numb, like completely numb, not saying anything, not responding. A little catatonic, you know, I mean, understandably so. Very fair. And then next we see her with a therapist who's putting her on antidepressants, which seems totally unnecessary. But she says nothing because she's just fucking traumatized you should be over this by now home yeah you should be over this by now emma here's some pills take some pills you need to be over this what's it been a couple days not even home i don't think it even has been a couple days i'm worried it's like the next day yeah they rush and they're like well let's get you on some antidepressants because you're weirdly sad (laughs) (laughs) 
Lord. And then we cut to her lying in bed in the dark, listening to the old cassette tape of her father that she found in that session and rewinding over and over again to the part where he says, but how could she sleep with that monster? Hmm. Hmm. And then, okay, I fully forgot that Jake got stabbed in the chest in the last episode. (laughs) But it's okay because he's fine and he's in the hospital. With uh, Brooke holding vigil. With Brooke, who is probably like a real terror for all the doctors and nurses on that floor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know it. You know it. She's like, where's his ice? I asked for ice chips. Like, he's not awake. I don't care. I want him to have ice chips when he gets hit. You know? (laughs) Probably freaking. But also, does he have a family? Why is Brooke the only person taking care of him? Did he mention at some point? No. No one mentioned their family was out of town or anything. No. So... Like, he was stabbed in the chest. He's in the hospital. This is kind of major. You would think, like, his mom or his dad or somebody would be someone sleeping in the couch next to him, you know, in, in the room. But nope. But it's just Brooke. What's up? <laughs> they have a strange relationship. There's every episode you're like, are they friends? Are they kind of in love? Do they hate each other? It's all of the above. I guess it's frenemies. I guess. Yeah, but he kind of loves her, and I don't know. They're toxic. They shouldn't be together. No, definitely not. But it seems like they have no one else. But their own toxic selves. I think that's the reason why they're together, because they're both toxic right. people who make really horrible decisions and say really stupid but things. they have no one else. Exactly. <laughs> and then, so Noah shows up at the hospital to check on him, which is, like, really, really nice and also surprising. Especially since he and Jake aren't friends and don't get along. Yeah. And they each kind of accused each other of being the murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is really nice. And I like how Brooke just like, hey, you know, she's all like, you're talking to Noah. Like, (laughs) right. I mean, I understand like the brush with death has left everyone sensitive and there's a lot going on and a complete lack of stability. At the same time, I'm probably not going to visit a guy like Jake in the hospital. Even if we were at the same murder scene. I don't know. It's kind of a bonding experience if you think about it. Like, we both kind of went through something traumatic at the same time in the same, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we can be, like, trauma acquaintances. Mm, I guess so. And it does kind of look, it does kind of look bad for Noah because, like, why would you show up at this guy, you know, unless you're checking, is he dead? You know what I mean? Did I kill him? Like, it kind (laughs) of sounds like a killer move, you know what I mean? Like. Especially because the the sheriff also thinks you might be a murderer. Like, actually, I'd stay away. Yeah, maybe not. But anyway, the first thing he says, because Jake is still sleeping when he comes in, is, unconscious, Jake, the things I want to say to you. And then he chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, you think it's like, ooh, but he's just confessing to spray painting the truck way back when, like, that was an activity that happened in these episodes instead of murder. Yeah, when it was just mischief. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then Jake wakes up and calls him a nerd and asks if they made it. And he asks if Emma and Will are off making out somewhere and enjoying their cute, disgusting love. And Noah's like, uh, not exactly. And Brooke comes back. 
And then she whispers to him that Will is dead. And then they both start crying together while Noah just kind of like stands awkwardly off to the side. I know. I'm like, oh. But I mean, it's nice to know that Jake actually did care. Yeah. Cared about his literal partner in crime and also frenemy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It was a weird relationship. I I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's it's awkward and it's sad, which is probably accurate. Yeah, I guess it would be like, what? <gasps> like, but still, you're so close to this person. You grew up with them, even if you. Oh, absolutely. The I mean, they were sad about Nina, and Nina sounds like a fucking cunt. <laughs> so. <laughs> This is an adult recap show. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how you just drop the C. All right. It's great. The see you next Tuesday. Yep. I no euphemisms. Just straight get, to the get point. Get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut over to Emma, who is drinking coffee because she's not sleeping. And when her mom asks her about it, Emma is like, I don't need sleep. I need to not be questioned by the doctors, the police, and you. Boom. Mic drop, Emma. Very normal and emotionally healthy. And poor Maggie's like, <laughs> are you sure? I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm like, okay, now's the time to stop being this timid mother and be like, all right, yeah. this is what's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to go upstairs and get into bed and rest. You're going to take those damn pills <laughs> that being forced on you. Right. I'm going to bring you some soup later. You're going to watch some movies. I don't want to hear it. But no, Emma says she needs to go back to a normal life. And her mom is like, well, you know, it's going to take time because you have trauma. And Emma's like, okay, bye. <laughs> no, And she's like, oh, wait, here, take these at least. And hands her like this huge bag of pills. I'm like, does she need all the pills? <laughs> also, are those the antidepressants? Because she doesn't need to start on those. That's not the problem. Why do we want to chemically make her happy when she's already pushing down all of this trauma? I'm like, uh, how about make her deal with it a little bit? Just a little bit. like Right? Force. Because this scene is amazing because you're like, oh, nice. She's going to have an, an emotional breakdown like soon. Mm-hmm. And so we're just watching as the clock ticks down towards when Emma is going to lose her mind. And you, so that's Yeah, fun. we start to see it. And it does get gradual and it gets worse. <laughs> but... Which, again, realistic, and I do appreciate that. Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you don't deal with your PTSD, it just seeps into everything. Yeah, that's true. And like, you have to deal with it eventually. Um, but before we get to that, we get a glimpse of the sheriff's murder board, which is just like in full view of anyone, and he has a window right in front of his office onto his murder board. <laughs> this is, I mean... It, it, like Piper just walks into the sheriff's office and then casually is like, oh, that's your murder board. I'm going to look at it. What? Hide that shit. Have you seen even Law and Order? <laughs> this ain't Law and Order. <laughs> this isn't even Law and Order. <laughs> it's not even close to it. But yeah, I have questions about this murder board and the sheriff. Where the hell did that Detective Brock go? Oh, yeah. I mean, is this an understaffed police department? Where is everyone? I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> I don't understand why he is the only one. Why is the sheriff a detective now? Like, <laughs> right. 
And also, like, why would the murder board be in his office? Why don't you have a a, a room where people are working on the investigation? Yeah. And they're talking I mean, it out. It and they're, yeah. Like the highest priority probably for this county right now. I don't, I don't know. And you know, but anyway, something else I have to yeah. ask real quick. Um, so as far as like TV shows and stuff go in real life, we have a, P- a police department that says police. And then we also have county sheriff's department. Sure. You ever noticed on TV shows and movies, it's either one or the other. <laughs> yes. It's like, do you have sheriffs? The sheriff act as your police and our sheriffs don't do crap around here they just drive around i don't see them doing anything people speed and do crap cut people off right in front of them. they don't do a damn thing but i mean the police don't really do much either but i've seen them doing you know pulling people over but i don't ever see the sheriffs do a damn thing so i'm just like what do sheriffs do like <laughs> or i mean now that you're saying that i realized if someone were like what is a sheriff i'd be like um a promoted police officer i don't actually know what sheriffs do now that you're saying that's what that. I'm like, is is it just a county thing? And what what exactly in the county do they do? Like, if you know, let us know. I don't know. Let us know in some comments somewhere and you know, reach out. Yeah, because in Lakewood, the sheriff does everything but also nothing. <laughs> and accomplishes like, nothing. <laughs> like, remember he personally went to interview Noah about whether he's like a weird, sketchy murderer? Again, why is the sheriff doing all the investigating? It's his town. He has to take care of it. And that's called OCD or not OCD. Um, <laughs> control, control issues. Control issues, not OCD. Obsessive <laughs> compulsive. No. <laughs> no, he's just weird and controlling. Meanwhile, he flips the light switch on 15 times while he's asking <laughs> questions. Like, a <laughs> Oh, my God. It'd be so funny if when the light flickers, it's the OCD sheriff. And he's like, whoops, sorry, sorry. about that. <laughs> I have a thing. I have to do it every time I leave in a room where everybody will blow up. Oh. Um, so yeah anyway because there's a complete lack of security at this police department piper just walks into the sheriff's office and is like hey here's a tape of the mayor maybe dragging his wife's body into the trunk of a car i don't know you want to do something with this (laughs) i just happen to have it (laughs) well he's like where did you get this and she says she got it from will who was just murdered and that his partner in crime jake is lucky to be alive piper's like really laying it on here with i know and i'm like she's like i was going to do something why didn't you just do this to your podcast well i wanted you to have the chance to do something with it first i'm like what that doesn't sound like somebody who's an investigative recorder reporter slash podcaster would do like they would be like nope i'm releasing this shit also she tells him about like the sketchy garage meeting and the sheriff is like I don't think the mayor would do that. And she's like, well, he's dragging someone's body. So maybe you should do something. (laughs) So, you know, like, maybe, I don't know, at least ask him a question. I also like how she's the newest person in town. And she very quickly lost all respect for the sheriff and was like, look, let me help you do your job. (laughs) Because I'm more equipped at being, (laughs) at doing this, being an amateur podcaster. Literally, let me drop evidence in your hand <laughs> so that we have no miscommunication here. <laughs> also, when he asks why she's not podcasting this, she also says, like, she doesn't want to tell the story until she knows the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sheriff goes like, hmm. And that's very fair. 
Because we know almost nothing about Piper and we're eight episodes in. Like, why is she doing this? Why does she care? Yeah, why does she care this much to basically uproot her life and move to this town? And insert herself into the investigation this way. She could have just, like, put that in an envelope and dropped it into the sheriff's mailbox. Yes. But she is hand-delivering it and making herself a part of this. It's a little weird. A little strange. I mean, if she were an investigative podcaster, I would kind of understand it, but she's not really putting out episodes. And so it is confusing. Like, what is she really just trying to help? I know. I'm Hmm. like, and where is she staying? Because, well, oh my God, that's such a good question. Where does she live? Like, she's staying in a hotel? It's, you know. We've never seen her in a private place. We only see her in public right. places. And she's always walking is, in like, I've got to tell you something. Like, well. She's constantly on the move. <laughs> okay, Piper. Like, hi. <laughs> First of all, hi. Second of all, you look nice today. <laughs> oh. Did you sleep? Do you want to tell us where it was? <laughs> Because she seems to be only, like, friends with these high schoolers. And she appears to be over the age of 20. Yeah. At least mid-20s. Which is mid also weird. At least. Like, she's always with these high schoolers, not other adults. Yeah. It's very strange. I don't... It is. Like, have we seen... I would say, have we seen her with another adult? But there's, like, four adults in this whole town. Mm-hmm. And the only ones we've seen are Branson, with the damn sheriff. the mayor... The sheriff and the coroner. Those are like the only four adults in this whole town. (laughs) I don't get it. Anyway, we hop over to the school where Emma shows up and one person audibly gasps when she walks in. (laughs) It's really. (gasps) That's literally what happens when she walks in the door. And then Audrey and Noah are like, oh, my God, Emma, hey, what are you doing here at school after your boyfriend was just murdered in front of you? <laughs> well, you know, got to move on with life. I'm like, uh... She's literally like, it's okay. I'm okay. I'll see you in class. And Audrey's like, she is not okay. <laughs> She's so not okay that they... I don't understand why people aren't like, hey, Emma, let me take you home. No one is being, like, kindly forceful towards her. She's a child. I'm like, yeah, she's under, I don't know if she's supposed to be 16 or 17. I'm guessing 17. Either way. Yeah. Someone be like, let me give you a ride home. You don't need to be here today. Let's all ditch. Let's just all ditch. Come on. Exactly. Let's go see a movie together. I'm sure, or, I'm I, sure the, the staff will be like, you know what? We, we know you ditched, but you were taking care of this girl who just saw her boyfriend murdered. We'll let it slide. <laughs> you know? Right? I mean, there's only one teacher in the whole school know, anyway. teaches everything apparently english history philosophy debate it's like grade school really before sure. you started like changing classes you know what i mean like you <laughs> went to that one teacher it's like their homeroom they have one other teacher that's the coach for pe that is it oh, because right. they did that that uh that self-defense class thing so that's the only other class apparently oh i i do remember that where'd that guy go he could be helpful <laughs> i don't know Anyway, so Emma is on her way to class because, like, everything is okay and she's okay and it's super. And then she walks by Will's locker, which is decorated with, like, memorabilia and a photo of him, which is really sad. And she just stops and, like, stares at it. Yeah. 
which appropriate. Go home. Go home. This go is your home. sign. This is a sign from the world saying, you know what? We're not leaving you alone. This is going to be in your face. Yeah. Deal with it. Or just go sleep for a couple of days. That's fine, too. Just like take Let care your of yourself. brain process it. Right? But no, we jump back to the police station where Brooke has been waiting for Piper. And she says, are they going to arrest my dad? And Piper legit is like, that's what police do to criminals. Like a cold bitch. I'm like, do you really? And apparently Brooke's the one that gave her the video. Brooke is also a child. Can people just be a little more compassionate towards these children? Why isn't Brooke in school? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Why isn't she consoling Emma? Why isn't anyone helping each other? Like emotionally, not with I know, evidence. I'm like, can you just like lean on each other a little bit? Like hang out, you know, talk. Right? Like Brooke is clearly all kinds of messed up. And we know she was just at the hospital crying with Jake. So she's having a fucking day. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. <laughs> she's having a fucking day. <laughs> she is. She is struggling. And we're probably only at like 10 o'clock in the morning of this day realistically and we knew though that's when school starts because they had the longest preschool morning they really (laughs) do well they have time to like get coffee and breakfast and have conversations and like go places all before they go to school at like 8 10 in the morning Uh, i mean besides the murders i would have loved to have grown up in lakewood okay i i don't know the complete lack of adult supervision worries me (laughs) but it really does for the most part Everybody's got nice homes, everybody, you know, nice cars. Yeah, maybe that's why they're all like cold, emotionless robots who just go to work and aren't like, should we do something about all these teen murders? <laughs> no. <Mm-mm. laughs> so similarly, in this scene, I'm like, does Piper feel bad for Brooke? Because I can't tell. <laughs> She's so cold, man. <laughs> She's so cold. Okay, so... This also took me out of this episode because I'm like, why didn't they just put the scenes of Piper at the station back to back? Like she walks into the sheriff's office. She does her thing. She walks out. She has the confrontation with Brooke. And like this is one of the frustrations that starts to make this episode feel slow for me because they keep jumping every other like we're just constantly somewhere yeah, there's like else. 10 lines of conversation and then boom, somewhere else, you know, I'm guessing yes. and the like, thing the- with that is that. I guess at the exact same time that Piper was going to see the sheriff, Emma was going into school. But like, who gives a fuck? Just tell us the story in ways that yeah. make sense. But I feel like it's because the f- the story is flimsy. And so they're trying to use all these cuts to like keep us interested. Like, oh, we're constantly moving around, well, even though the plot's not moving that Yeah, much. that's something to speak to, though, about like um, why our attention spans suck nowadays is because... If you've noticed, if you go back and you look at old movies, they used to do just one big long shot like it was a play and they would just film things, you know, and then even when you go into ones where they would cut to different things, it wasn't cut, 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 conversation back and forth, back and forth, my face, your face, my face, your face, you know what I mean? Now they're like, you yeah. get like a couple of seconds of the shot of this and a couple of seconds of the shot of this and a couple of seconds of the And it's like, it's to keep your attention because visually your eyes are having to f- look at s- different things, even if it's like the same continuous conversation. And it's just to keep your attention. So that's like we grow up with that. And the more, you know, now this generation, that's all they know. I grew up with like old movies with my mom, so I'm okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I say that, but you know, um, but you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, it just kind of creates this ADHD. Yeah, but I don't think it's us. I, I really think it is like cheaper and they can spend less on a story that keeps us exactly that's what i'm saying i don't think we're asking for it that they're using that as a device to keep your attention because otherwise it's just kind of okay (laughs) you know unless they have a good story that's actually interesting but even when they do have a good story they do it that's the bad thing you know it's just like it's constant i mean i disagree i think there are shows that don't do this cutting and that's why this took me out of it so much of like stop dragging us to different locations and just tell a story I, I, yeah because they also they do the thing that i'm surprised they did in episode eight which is they brought all our characters together and then they threw everyone out again individually yeah. instead of keeping everyone more tightly through to the end yeah it's just kind of a weird choice I think it's because this part of the story, they were like, uh, we got to make this stuff happen. Yeah, we forgot about this. We need to throw this in. Yeah. So anyway, um, Emma goes to class because even though she was like in the hall looking at that locker and she's like, oh, God, Will is dead. She was still like, well, got to go to class. Who's class? Hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Guess who's the only class these kids ever attend? Mr. Branson's English-ish, English plus, like whatever they're studying. And he's really into this, by the way. He's like, by the way. I think this is the actor doing his best. He really is, but you know, like, (laughs) hey, Branson, why don't you address the dead guy in the room who was part of your class, like, and his girlfriend who saw it happen. No mention, no mention whatsoever of like, hey, everyone, things are tough. Why are we even still having school, in fact, when four teenagers have been murdered? If anything, (laughs) like here, just do this really easy task for today, you know, nothing too hard. And Oh, but not even that, because they're studying the crucible because everything about the show is boring. And like, of course they are. Let's not get creative with our metaphors. But at the same time, he's talking about hysteria. And I was thinking like, wow, it would be amazing to get some hysteria going (laughs) on this show because I can't believe they're still having regular classes when teenagers have been murdered and there aren't even like officers posted around the school. It'll be anarchy. (laughs) They're just having classes. Well, you know. What? Even in Scream the movie at some point, they're like, yeah, we got to put in a curfew because kids are getting (laughs) murdered. There's not even a curfew in Lakewood. They don't do it. They're just like, yep, go to school, go to work, do your thing, live your life. By the way, we're on, what, our sixth book in the past few weeks? How, with all these murders going on, by the way, with all these murders, how is there time? Make sure you, you know, in between murders, make sure you schedule some chapters. Get that reading, <laughs> Get that reading done. done. We're still going, kids. <laughs> I don't give a shit if your, ki- if your friends are dropping like flies. Like, we gotta, we gotta th- get through this curriculum. <laughs> So while he's talking about hysteria, Noah and Audrey are reviewing like what they know about Branson or whoever he is and how, okay, Noah says, this made me laugh so hard. He was conveniently not around for the bowling alley incident as if it would be normal for him to be near the the abandoned bowling alley outside of the city. He was conveniently not in the place we didn't tell anybody we were going. (laughs) 
and there was a murderer and it's abandoned. Like, why would he be there? I think I think because we find out later that he was supposedly out of town. But like he didn't, they don't say that. They just say he wasn't around. He could just be out of town. <laughs> he was conveniently out. He should. They should have said out of town, not 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 around. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so funny to be like, yeah. Why wasn't he at the abandoned bowling alley we broke into? Our teacher not hanging out with his students. You know what's that about? For once, <laughs> for, for once. once, not inappropriately <laughs> hanging out with these kids. Okay, then. <laughs> Then Branson is like, hey, would either of you like to discuss the parallels between the Crucible and McCarthyism? Now we're in history. <laughs> this is the funniest because, of course, I was thinking, like, when would they have had time to talk about McCarthyism in enough detail for these kids to talk about the parallels to a novel? And then I realize when Noah says, well, I'm no fan of McCarthy's blacklist, but sometimes the guy next door is worshiping the devil. Okay, no. I wrote a whole paragraph about how bad this answer is. <laughs> like Richard Ramirez. That's what he says. Which I had to look up. I'd never heard of Richard Ramirez. Oh, what? Yeah, the I didn't know anything about this guy. They didn't teach Terrifying. that in my school. <laughs> oh, I didn't learn that in school either. I listened to All podcasts. All I know is the gist I found was that Richard R- Ramirez was a serial killer primarily focused in the greater LA and San Francisco areas in the mid-80s. He was into satanic rituals, had a drug problem, was a burglar, did home invasions where he raped and murdered victims, and he was caught. Uh, and he was caught, and then he was he died in 2013 while he was awaiting execution, which pisses me off. I was like, it's nearly 30 years, and you still didn't kill this guy. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Come on. Yeah, he's a he's a particularly bad one, but. So Branson says, Noah is right, of course, even though he's not right and he didn't answer the question. And I'm going to go on a rant about this because the crucible is about hysteria around a suspected witch who was, in fact, not worshiping the devil. And McCarthyism was similarly based in fear and hysteria, not logic or anyone worshiping the devil. So Noah's answer is actually terrible and he's not right and sometimes the guy next door is not worshiping the devil but that's also not why you need a black li- like what the fuck <laughs> noah and branson is a terrible and they teacher. never proved anybody in the salem witch trial era was actually a witch that's what i mean like noah's trying to be like mm, sometimes you do have to persecute people but the whole point of the examples was like no you don't and it's right. bad it's like, that's the parallel. <laughs> you know, sometimes the guy next door isn't worshiping the devil would have been more likely. Yeah. Right. Sometimes people in your town whip up hysteria around someone who might be worshiping a devil and actually isn't. Yeah. That's that's the lesson is that when someone is like, hey, that person who likes Halloween is probably worshiping the devil. You should be like, that's crazy. McCarthy. Talk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. That's what you say back. <laughs> This history lesson brought to you by Orlean. This English slash history lesson. <laughs> and drama, don't forget, because Crucible is a play. And drama. That's that's a good point. I said novel. It's a play. Thank you. <laughs> People treat it like a novel, though, you know, but. I, you know what? I've never I read it. I feel like I've seen it bastardized through enough high school classrooms <laughs> on TV that I'm just I've like, I've heard enough I get about it. it. So, and, you know, I was on that. 
I was on that Salem Oracle it. podcast where we talked about yeah. Oh and yeah. So I, I learned enough. I learned a good amount about it. So anyway, that it was a terrible scene all through. Um, so finally, we jump again. Back to the fucking police station. We're going to do this all episode where we're just like, school, police station, Emma's house, school, police station, somebody else's house, school, police sta- Oh, my God. Hospital. <laughs> anyway, so the mayor. Oh, my God. Hospital. <laughs> so the mayor is being questioned by the sheriff, this time in an actual interrogation room. So, like, he's learned. Maybe. Um. And the mayor's like, look, my wife is fine. She's not in a body bag in the trunk of my car. I don't know what you're talking about. She's in Arizona and I didn't murder any kids. <laughs> Which is like, you're just like, wow. All right. Someone is taking this stuff seriously. And it's yeah, the mayor. He's like, dude, like he is not the mayor from Jaws, by the way. He's a much better mayor. I mean, obviously he doesn't do any mayoral things. I mean, he is like, hey, this, you know, we want people to come in and, you know, I get that. That's a mayor thing to do. But you don't see him do anything like go to work or I don't know. But. Yeah, we don't even see him like cut a ceremonial ribbon in front of a place. Although that's because I think Lakewood, while you said people are rich, like I think it's struggling. There's a serial killer. There's all these abandoned buildings. Like, I just don't think things are that good. Well, they drive the (laughs) The poor people out. The mayor is in a corruption. They drive them out, and then they have all these abandoned buildings. And so they still have, like, oh, hey, look. You know, I got this nice house. The mayor is embroiled in a corruption and possibly murder scandal. Like, this this town is It's fun for you. Grab some popcorn. Like... (laughs) Also, the one high school teacher is a child predator. <laughs> that huge high school, we have seen one, te- well, two teachers, but one primarily. Yes. Uh, so, um, while he's being interrogated, the mayor is just like, look, it's just the blackmail thing. I, that <laughs> happened. But we, I squared that up with those teenagers. <laughs> it's just so funny. These very sophisticated teenagers who were able to blackmail like a we, forty-year-old, forty-year-old plus man. We made a deal, <laughs> and then the sheriff weirdly and like very inappropriately is like, "Look, Piper knows all of this, so it's gonna come out." And it's like, "Whoa, dude, that's like wildly inappropriate, and you should probably tell her not." Is to that put not all like blackmail? Out. Like right now? Is that also this is like an active <laughs> investigation? What are like, you doing? Oh, hmm. And then the mayor's like, okay, but I want to tell my daughter first. He wants her to hear it from him. And so they, right, they think they're leaving us in some suspense. Like he's going to tell her something interesting, but, um, well, wait, we have to wait until he hears what, until we hear what he tells her. Cause we're going to hop around again. And Brooke is like, I'm not going to talk to him until I know my mom is okay. And instead, like, what? Instead of giving her the fucking number, the first thing in the scene, the sheriff is like, oh, here's her number. She's expecting your call. Why didn't the mayor give her the number well before then? Why is any of this happening? Like, why would he have said, like, I need you to talk to your dad first? Yeah. While he's holding. Anyway, they have an emotional call. Brooke is like, she, I'm not okay. And like, that's it. Um, and then we cut to Emma at her locker while sad, like, piano music plays because she's also not okay. 
And then Kieran comes up to her and hugs her and she like stays stiff. He is so extra in this scene. She's just standing there. And then after they talk, she doesn't say like goodbye or I got to go. She just like starts walking away from him without saying anything. And he grabs her arm and is like, hey, please talk to me. And she's like, yeah, I got to go to work. (laughs) There's coffee to be served and I've got to do that right now. Oh, my God. Like nobody else works at this fucking coffee shop. No one can cover her shift. They cannot survive without her. She is a big draw now. <laughs> Does anyone own this place? Like, Apparently who's there's our an adult we, Another adult we don't see. I think we see, like, some random person working in the background, but that's about it. It's like Noah's video game comic book shop yeah. home. Like, Garage does someone own that? Is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <clears throat> like, I just don't. I mean, at least we got, like, the name of the coffee shop is Grindhouse Coffee. What the hell is the name of this place that Noah supposedly works at? Like, I don't. Also, we only got that name so they could be like, hey, guys, it's a horror reference. But they never say it ever again. That's (laughs) one time. (laughs) Okay. But first, before Emma goes to work, she goes to the bathroom so she can stand there and take a bunch of pills, like, not at all discreetly. She's just like, mm, <laughs> no, 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 give me no, no, those no. pills. <laughs> and then she hallucinates Will's horrific split in half body and it's like moving. And oh, yeah. Emma it needs to go home. Yeah, that is not okay. I was like, ah, yeah, it was actually splitting apart as she was standing there. I'm like, oh my God, it was so, it's so like, ah, too much. No. Ugh, ugh. And then, okay, that's like, ramping up the scary and the tension and you're like oh my god emma's not okay like shit's gonna happen and then there's this super weird tone shift from terror to like sunny kitchen um the sheriff and his girlfriend are talking about crime and he's telling her all about the mayor which again active investigation seems really inappropriate yeah yeah i don't yeah I- right that's the mayor. <laughs> Nobody respects no, anybody in this town. Um, but he does smartly say he thinks the mayor is a distraction. And I do agree with that. And he tracked down Emma's dad. But Emma's mom is like, he's not involved. I already told you. That. <laughs> She's just like really defensive about it. My asshole ex is not an asshole about this. Okay. <laughs> The one thing he wouldn't do was, you know, kill people. And the sheriff is like, uh, and we're also like, uh, we literally don't know yeah, him. We have, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we do get like a timeline, finally, an update on the timeline. Because he says something like, Kevin Duvall has been like, he's been MIA. Like he left his work and he's been gone for three weeks ever, like around the same time that they received the heart in the box. But if any of these people have ever seen the movie Scream, they know it's probably a red herring. And can I just say, three weeks is not enough time for all the books that Branson assigns. (laughs) 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 And expects everyone to finish during a murder spree. 
Also, how do you analyze the book? Like, you're reading them all, but you have to analyze these things, not just read them, especially with these dummies. All these like, kids I'm have sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's the only way they can do it, <laughs> you know? Like, even Emma, I'm not sure she's cracked a book. And she's probably, like, the most, quote, unquote, We haven't seen studious. one of them doing homework. That's I think maybe There's one no homework. scene at one point, somebody was trying to do some homework, and that was about it. And that was... Like, uh, and then like, I think, uh, at one point, like Noah was going to help, uh, Riley with her stuff. Oh, but not really because like that was an excuse. So yeah, no, there's like a homework epidemic in the U S but these kids have no homework <laughs> in high school. No, they homework. figured it They're out. Fine. Yes. <laughs> you just go home. It's fine. Um, so <laughs> Emma's mom said, the doctor told her to let Emma work through this, but like, there's no way I believe that he was like, "Yeah, go to school, do go your to work. Thing. It's do fine. What's good for you. What you think you need to do, <laughs> right? Like, this is a child dealing with murder. No follow up appointment. Town, like, paying attention. None. <laughs> Just take these pills as many as you want, whenever you want. <laughs> If your mom tries to make you do something like go to school, you say, fuck you, mom. I'm going to school. (laughs) (laughs) If your mom just wants to talk, do it if you want. You don't have to talk to anybody. Like, it's just. Oh, my God. Trauma. Okay, And it just gets less and less believable because the sheriff says they haven't been able to trace the phone calls and messages to Emma. But he doesn't say why. And again, there have been four child murders in this town. Like, is this not high enough priority to get the fucking phone records from the phone company? Which I don't know. It's been three weeks. Three weeks. That doesn't make sense at all. Right. And like, I've watched enough uh, Criminal Minds to know that when you get to. When you get to this kind of body count. In this short of time span, it would be getting yeah. federal attention. So, like, I think you can get what the phone. Detective records. Brock was, wasn't she? Wasn't she FBI or whatever? Yes. Maybe? But then they, she just disappeared. I mean, <laughs> like, what the? F- She's like, you're not doing your job here, Sheriff. You got to find this killer. I'm out. <laughs> right, and we're like. Yeah, right. He's not doing his job. Come on. Like, call in the team. Um, But yeah. And then Emma is, like, eavesdropping. She briefly, like, walks into the kitchen, lays down some, like, trauma truth. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not the one in danger. I'm worried about the rest of you. And she walks back out. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> like, the, the tone of the show is all over the place. Okay. <laughs> also, she was just in the bathroom at school. Like, what is going on? Was that not lunchtime? When does she go to work? I have to go to work. It's nearly noon. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this episode was really tough for me to hang on because it's so choppy and the dialogue, like that, and you're just like, are we approaching like a a finale or what's going on here? <laughs> it's 
It's called so, Ghosts because it's like a shell of an episode. Like you can see right through it. Like there's nothing really happening, you know. Oh, burn. That's really good. <laughs> okay. So we jump back to Noah and Audrey who are still talking about Mr. Branson. And like, I guess I appreciate that at least they are using the buddy system. Unlike Emma, who's going alone yeah, yeah. everywhere. Literally everywhere she goes, she's by herself. Um, <laughs> Emma is in the library. I don't know how she like was in the bathroom and then back at home and is now in the she's library. She's supposed to go to work. Um, anyway, I mean, they're, <laughs> she's going to get docs and pay. But like, like Noah and Audrey are in the library and then Noah's like referencing the faculty. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that. Is this just to bring up another? Yeah. Did you see that movie when you were like three? Did you trying to bring up another Kevin Williamson project or a pop culture reference? These kids just drop pop culture references in a way that's like, there's no way I believe you, a 17 year old, has seen this thing. Yeah. We'll come back to that later. Um, Because Emma's in the library looking up something with the largest font, the <laughs> whitest background, the clearest resolution. She's doing you've it kind of like seen. and her like laptop's kind of off to the right. So it's like she's not directly in front of it either. Kind of. <laughs> right. So like Noah and Audrey are like five feet behind her and they're like reading her screen, <laughs> which by the way says the comorbidity of insomnia and paranoid delusion which basically means she's looking up how often people who don't sleep have delusions and hallucinations. Yeah. And then when they walk up to her, she gasps like theatrically (laughs) and closes the laptop. (laughs) You're in the library at like the first table. You're not even trying to keep people from coming up behind you. People are going to be quiet when they walk up behind you in the library. So kind of get used to that. So they sit down with her because she like wants to flee, and they're like, "Hey, let's Let talk, be. Emma." The way to go, Emma. <laughs> One of them literally says, "Emma, are you self-diagnosing <laughs> on the internet?" And like, just like Kieran, they try to talk to her and like reach out to her, and she opens up a little bit. She's like, "I, I keep seeing Will's body," and Noah's like, "Yeah, that's normal. You're not paranoid," and she's like. I'm not paranoid. And he's like, yeah, that's what I said, right? You're normal. You're not paranoid. And she's like, He brings up paranoia out of nowhere. And she's like, I never said I was paranoid. It's so funny. It's so funny when he's like, no, yeah, that's but that's what I said, right? I said, you're not paranoid. And she's like, yeah, I'm not paranoid. How dare you say I'm not paranoid when I know I'm not paranoid. It's so funny. Like, that I do appreciate the actress. Is really going all in on like, yeah, I'm losing it. <laughs> I love Willow Fitzgerald. I think she's great, but you know, it's just I sh- the scripts. I just wonder what she was thinking as she got them and like practiced these <laughs> scenes. Uh, but anyway, she flees. But when she runs, she runs out to like a dimly lit hallway with flickering lights, and she's all alone. And even the lights inside the classrooms are off. And for some reason, she keeps walking instead of like, like turning around back to where the there hallway? are people is this the she knows. Off wing? Like, like that's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> this is 
This is the restricted section of the Lakewood. Oh, by the way, we had this place where, you know, something bad happened here. We don't talk about it, though. Where didn't something bad happen in this town? Um, So she keeps walking and she sees Will again and she tries to run from him. But he appears again and he's holding a heart out to her and he's squishing it in his hand. Oh, this episode just gets gross. And so she runs screaming and then like it all happens at once where like all the lights come up again and she's Kieran is there and she runs right into his arms. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Which like, is it romantic? Is it a sign that he is creepy? But at the same time, so the light, she runs into his arm and then the lights are on. Like it's, that was all in her head. It wasn't dark in there or anything, but still only they are in this hallway. There's a hallway outside. Right, like there's some kids passing by on the door behind them, but there's nobody in this hallway. Like, what's school is actually like? It's not class time. So, I mean, you know, what would be funny is if a a healthy portion of the student body was like, "I'm not fucking going to school. People I mean, are getting murdered." Really, homeschool, like, yeah. <laughs> right, you could stay home for a week until they find yeah, the yeah, serial let's killer. Flush them out. But why did Kieran not go? Aren't you supposed to be at work? <laughs> Where are you supposed to be and why are you everywhere? Why did she briefly go home for five minutes just to sass her mom and the sheriff and then come back to school, have a breakdown? And then so they go outside and he like tries to talk to her again. He's really trying to talk to her. He's like, hey, I am emotionally here for I you. I love how all these kids know what trauma and self-preservation are. I know. They haven't read The Crucible, but they're they're down on like, yeah, I know how to talk to a traumatized and poor, traumatized person. Let's have a trauma informed <laughs> conversation. But she shuts him down again. Like she does not want to talk to him. And she has. I mean, I, I feel like this could be a badass line in a different show. She says, other than constant fear, I don't really feel much of anything. Yeah. And he tries to be like, I've been there. I know what that's like. I Validating her feelings. And he's like, when my mom died, this was so hard. And like, I want to help. And she says, well, you can't help. Because if you help, you'll die next. Hmm. Which like, maybe fair. But that also means she doesn't think he's the murderer. Based Based on on nothing, nothing, by the way. because he was conveniently at the bowling alley. Coming in from a different what the entrance fuck? than anybody else. Why? Yeah. Right. He shouldn't have been at the bowling alley. But anyway, everyone forgot about that. No one cares. Um, the camera pans up as Karen sits alone under the trees and Piper's narration comes in. The brutal murder of Will Belmont has forever changed the town of Lakewood. I came here as an outsider and then Will Belmont saved my life. So now I'm part of the story. Are you though? Are you? Also, I had to call out that she is recording this on a cell phone microphone in a coffee shop. Thank Get the you. fuck out of here. Thank you. I wrote the outfit. This is what I wrote. <laughs> Why does Piper record in a noisy coffee shop? Unless the show is about coffee shops, this is a podcasting editing nightmare. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Also, like, as she's talking, she turns to look at Emma, which is terrible for your sound quality, 
because then her sound would dip. Anyway, Piper, and no I'm one is good at their story. jobs. <laughs> you know? It's so funny. Like, Emma can't hear you. Who? What? Does she even have I'm, a well, podcast? Yeah, because I remember no one listens to it, but. Oh, they should have never let us know that anyone listened to the podcast so that part of this could be like, is she just a crazy <laughs> a person without a podcast? Like, yeah. She's just and like her narrating totally fake the glasses. Town. Like, it's because. In, oh, in, that'd be so much fun. Every time I see somebody wearing glasses at a show, I always look for that that break, you know what I'm talking about, to where like their yeah. cheek just kind of looks a little off, like it's in or out. So you can tell that's actually a prescription in there. Like, and, and that I always right. am like, oh, those aren't real. <laughs> that, that takes me right out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so Emma comes over to Piper and Piper is like, have you heard about the mayor? And Emma's like, yeah, but I doubt he was the one chasing us around the bowling alley. Yeah, Which, he's not. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Because um, I feel like Piper's trying to be like, mm, it's definitely the mayor, right? And Emma's like, I don't <laughs> no, think so. no. And then Emma breaks a mug and Piper offers to help. And it's just an excuse for Emma to say, everyone wants to help, but no one actually can. The melodrama really amps up. (laughs) You need to go see that therapist again, sweetie. Right. Maybe be like, hey, instead of giving me these antidepressants, can we talk about what just happened? Lord. But no. And so anyway, Piper gives her a pep talk, trying to be like, you're going to get through it. You can't give up. You have to persist. And Emma's kind of like, I don't know. He said it ends with me. Maybe if I die, no (laughs) one else will be in danger. Which like, there's some logic to it. Well, it's because Emma is not dealing with her trauma. And I bet in some part of her brain, because this is unfortunately what humans do, is like, well, if I die, then I won't ever have to deal with mm. this. Anyway, Emma's <laughs> messed up right now. That's chill. what we're saying. Emma is not thinking straight. And Piper weirdly says that Emma comes from a family of survivors. And it just like, it's a weird line to me when it's like, we don't even know Emma's dad. Like, what did yeah. what do you know? And, like, no one's supposed to know about her mom. That is so, true. Did she tell Piper and we don't know anything about it that she told her? I mean, that would be weird because they're yeah. not that close. Anyway, it was just a strange line where I was like, you don't know anything about this family. Hmm. Um, and then Piper tells Emma to go find the answers herself, which, frankly, is the advice that keeps getting <laughs> these kids almost murdered. Like, stop going to try to find the answers yourself. Yeah. Maybe bring hey, the by sheriff. By the way, I found this clue. Would you like to check it out with me? Something, you know. Right. Um, and speaking of like dangerous situations, we hop over to Daisy's corner corner <laughs> where no one wears gloves. <laughs> what the, the, the there's no special equipment. People just walk in. <laughs> coroner corner. corner. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's great. She's not wearing gloves. She's not wearing any kind of like protective anything. The sheriff just walks in. Um and he is tracking like Emma's dad's activity and he says like he seems to be 
getting closer. And like the strings of tension are amping up behind him. And then we jump to like, how the fuck is Emma alone at the coffee shop, like being the only person working at night? Like someone yeah, else works but they're still here, customers. Right? They're not going to have her yeah. close up. Because I was like, who, who would leave her to close up? Who would even have her working at night? What is going on? <laughs> no adults. But anyway, she starts hearing that damn Daisy song and she spins around trying to figure out if it's real. And this is where like she does a lot of like open mouth panting. Like that's the acting yeah. that happens to show that like she's not sure what's going on and she's just like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> And um and then she it's just really funny. It's like she doesn't do a lot of face acting. She does a lot of this pants is what, what acting. I'm wondering is we're we're seeing a lot of stuff that's in her head, right? And and I'm right. just wondering because there are people in this coffee shop at this time. There's people sitting there. There are, and I'm like, are they hearing her? Are they have seeing like her a legit like looking breakdown? at something that's not there? Like, <laughs> but they don't seem to, which is what's weird because when people have hallucinations, like we see yeah. them having hallucinations. Um. But it's not a hallucination because she goes behind the counter and her phone is playing the music. Yeah. And she pauses it and she's relieved. But then when she stands up, she sees Will again and he's fucking half cut and he's holding out a oh, heart shape. that little pendant that, that says Daisy on it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And she screams and I'm like, is no one hearing her one scream? Person. Yeah, the officer who was outside. Was her, I guess like he was outside. everything okay on here. <laughs> Meanwhile, it cuts back to her, and you just see people having their coffee, like nothing's going on. I'm like, did no one hear that scream? <laughs> right, she's like panting and gasping. Like I believe she really <laughs> screamed. I don't understand, and like she really shouldn't be in public at all, much less working, working. Um, so we cut to Emma in the hospital and I'm like, oh, thank God. Make finally. her rest. Like, yeah. She's resting. And she's telling her mom not to stay, which is insane because there's a stalker who's murdering people connected to her. Maybe have your mom sleep yeah. like next to you. Right. Because we also know like the hospital is not protected. There's not like a deputy outside of her door. Like, Yeah, there isn't. Yeah. There's just nothing. So, like, have and your it's mom the darkest stay. Hospital. Like, <laughs> where are the like? I've never seen a hospital this dark. <laughs> so she rolls over to go to sleep, and then we can't tell if like time has passed or what's real. But there's a knock on the door, and then her dad comes in, and it's Tom Everett Scott, and aka then- Guy Patterson from that thing okay. you do. Thank you, because I went, my note said, oh, man, that guy has been in everything. What is his name? <laughs> and that's because my next note was, this episode is dragging <laughs> by. <laughs> like, we really hit an action peak at the end of the last episode. And this one just feels like there's not a lot of filling this in this episode This episode should be named Aftermath. Yes. You know, that would be something like that. 
because it's more of like recovery and figuring things out and it's right. a come down from the last episode. But we at least I expected a, a ramping up because of the type of show. Like when you get to the slasher where like deaths mm-hmm. start really becoming elaborate, you tend to keep going towards the end. So I was thrown off by like, oh, wow, this is like a real slowdown. Yeah. Um, anyway, Emma and her dad talk and he apologizes and she's like, you're sorry. <laughs> she is not having this reunion. <laughs> Well, okay, we find out she's written him dozens of letters that he's never answered, like, over years since he left. And he says it seemed better for everyone to have a clean break. And people who say that need therapy. There's nothing clean about that break. Like, You don't get a clean break from your daughter. Just leaving. Just because you, like, walk out. That's not a clean break. That's actually very messy. So the melodrama gets like really like we're really fully leaning into like the soapy melodrama and like the sad piano music. And she's like, I found that tape, the one with Dr. Pell. And he's like, I had to sort myself out, but I'm here now. And she's like, (laughs) get out. I need to sleep, dad. And then she does leave. Like, dude, get some therapy. Like, don't you're. Your traumatized, angry daughter is like, get the fuck out. And you're like, okay, bye. No. (laughs) All right. Like, so no surprising. Emma tosses and turns all night. I can't sleep in a flat hospital bed. Because it's flat at one point. I always have to have it. Mm. You know what I mean? They're not comfortable enough. It's actually better to have it in that S-shape recline. You know what I mean? Like, it's better. Yeah. Well, also, I know. So I love how. My knowledge of what this TV show should be is based on all the other TV shows I watch. But I've watched enough Grey's to know that they do rounds at like 5 a.m. So they would have woken her up then anyway. And where's her TV? Where's the TV in this room? I'm not. I'm not confident this is a real hospital. (laughs) That's right. The other one was shut down. (laughs) There's not a single nurse who comes to check on her. Like, what is going on? She's in a psych ward. So maybe it's a little different. I well, think wait, they have she... nurses still yeah. who check on you. I think she's in the site. So you don't go wandering around <laughs> the hospital by yourself. <laughs> Which, anyway. So Piper comes into the hospital room in the morning because there are just like no rules. You can just walk into she anywhere you want. She walks in and says, I know I said I would respect your privacy. And I'm like, Piper, then why are you at the hospital, bitch? Leave her alone. Get out. Like, what? <laughs> And then she says she didn't come for a story, but as a friend. And like, I don't believe her. You're not friends. Also, this is like a 17-year-old girl. You are an adult woman. There is an extra layer of weirdness here to be friends. (laughs) You're not friends. Just because you were like pulled into the, you interjected yourself into this story where like her boyfriend got murdered. Like, it's not about you. Anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is because Emma just needs to tell someone that like her dad came back, and the way she says it, I'm like, oh, she would have said that to anybody. <laughs> like, if the nurse had walked in, she would have been like, my dad came back. She's like, that's great. Can you pee into this for me, please? Thanks. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, when you have something that you just have to spill, and you're like, I actually don't care who I tell this to. I just have to get it out of my own mouth. 
I did that once. I got my tongue pierced on a trip and then my mom was picking me up on the other side and I sat next to this person on the plane and was like, I just got my tongue pierced. My mom is going to be so mad. And I talked to this person for like 30 minutes. That person was probably like, okay. <laughs> well, I, I hope everything works out. Bye. I got to go walk at the coffee shop. Get out of here. Uh, so Piper advises her to give her dad a second chance. But like it's purely based on the fact that Piper's dad is dead. And that's not fair. Because some dads don't deserve a second chance. And like just because he could be dead doesn't mean you have to talk to him or forgive him. <laughs> just putting that out there. Um, although I do agree that they should all get together and go to therapy together. Like family therapy is they so necessary for this family. Like, please. Please. Um so my next note was this episode has all the characters disconnected and like no one is sticking together. So we jump back to Audrey and Noah who are still just talking about fucking Mr. Branson. This is like all they did today. All they did today was talk about <laughs> Mr. Branson together. <laughs> so they hypothesize like why would he be the killer and how would he do it? And they make him sound like way smarter than he really is. I think he's kind of an idiot. Yeah. He like preys on teenage girls. I don't think he's a murderer. Oh, yeah, I do think he's a creep. <laughs> but they think he might be the murderer. And so it seems as if the evidence is pointing towards Branson increasingly. Um, and then Brooke goes to see her dad in county jail. And he says everything he's done is to protect their family. Also, he says <laughs> he hasn't murder murdered today, anyone. So don't worry about that. That just seems like an important note to include. Like, I am not a murderer. I am a criminal, well, uh, but yeah. not a murderer. And the thing is, why are the bars on this jail cell they're either stained with blood or they're peeling orange or red paint? I noticed that. I was like, what's up with this, these bars? Like, Oh, my God. Stained with blood is, is so much And I darker. can tell that was red <laughs> like, or orange. What? And I was like, is that paint? Is it blood? It's all over. I'm like, but it's like. Is it supposed to be rust? Like, oh, yeah, they, jail. You know, it's, a, it's a prop <laughs> department or the, you know. Not prop, but, you know, uh, set design people, they didn't do rust very well if that's what they were going for. Because it looks like somebody just painted it and they're like, oh, no, we stripped that paint. Oh, that's good enough. That's good. It, looks, it makes it look old. I'm like, no, it makes it look like you didn't know, like, who paints bars in a jail red or orange? Like, <laughs> it's odd. Why? Why anything? I didn't even notice, though, because I will say the actress who plays Brooke was, like, yeah. fierce in this scene. She was really going for it um, because she's like, okay, so who's in the body bag that you were dragging into a car? And he, <laughs> great question. Like, it's important to be direct as we yeah. get in these last few episodes. And he is like, your mother got into drugs again and she had a drug friend who overdosed in the guest room and I didn't want the secret to get out. So I didn't call the police and instead dispose of a body. <laughs> <laughs> and Brooke is like her secrets or yours and he's like we're a family like it's all if you're of gonna ours. be that you don't want a secret to get out then remember that you have like security cameras all over your house why wouldn't you delete the tape you have the tape I mean I guess maybe there's a part of this that we don't understand which is that like 
somebody was spying on Brooke and instead of just going through her laptop, maybe got access to the whole security system. But this is getting like really intense on the cyber side. No, I don't think didn't. they intended that. No. Because <laughs> they could have tied that together with like, oh, my God, what if like Jake and Will were spying on Brooke and ended up catching her dad disposing of a body and like tied that all exactly. together way more tightly. How the hell that did would this be wild. drop into their hands is what I want to know. Like, what the? I, like, I think they're just try- hand wavy, like yeah. cyber crime. And I want to say uh, Brian Bat, who plays Quinn Maddox, Mayor Maddox, um, he mm-hmm. always, whenever I see him, I, I think I'm like, oh my God, he makes me think of his role in the movie Jeffrey. Did you ever see the movie Jeffrey? It's based on a play. So he no. plays this, uh, it, the whole movie, is, it's a gay movie and it's about this guy who's promiscuous and it's during the height of like AIDS and stuff in the early 90s, late 80s. And um, and it's all about whether mm-hmm. he wants to give up sex because he's scared, right? Because everybody knows, it's like everybody's like, are you have a condom? Do you, do you do this? Oh my God, the condom broke. Everybody's freaking mm-hmm. out. And he's like, I'm giving up sex. This is not worth it. You know what I mean? I'm, and um, so one of his friends oh, wow. and one of his good friends is Patrick Stewart, who's a gay man in it. And Patrick Stewart's lover is mm-hmm. Brian Bat, who is an actor in the movie. Oh. He's an actor in Cats. So when we first meet him, he is wearing the Cats outfit. No makeup, just, just the outfit. <laughs> and he's like, I'm in Cats now and forever. And I love it. And um, yeah, he does this whole oh thing where gosh. he's like talking to the audience, but everybody's frozen him around him. And he's talking about, I never liked Les Mis. I mean, the whole thing happens over toast. Get over it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch this movie. It's great. It's got it's from the early nineties. Jeffrey, okay. I'm gonna say it again, Jeffrey. Um, and it's got like people like uh, okay, Stephen Weber. I don't know if you know Stephen Weber. He is Jeffrey. Michael T. Mm-hmm. Weiss from The Pretender. Um, Christine Baranski, uh, Victor Garber, Cameron Mannheim, Sigourney Weaver, Kathy Najimy. Oh, fun. Nathan Lane and Olympia okay. Dukakis are like the biggest. Yeah, it's a good cast, and it's Very all fun. over the place yeah. and crazy and wacky. You need to watch it. Okay. I actually can't unsee him from Mad Men. Oh, where he plays I never Sal. saw Mad Men, so. So he plays an in-the-closet character who is uh, afraid of, like, meeting people and coming out and, like, having these um, relationships. And, like, over the course of it, like, he marries a woman for a bearding relationship. And, like, I can't see anything else except him, like, tentatively flirting with men <laughs> well at least that'll be a little bit more closer to jeffrey i guess in that way yeah 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 he took a real real turn in this one yeah. <laughs> so anyway brooke is not a fan of her dad right now she is not sure of what he's done and hasn't done and she's just like okay well bye and i don't know if i'm ever going to talk to you again and she leaves understandably i guess yeah, she can't really trust people. Um, so Emma, wait. Oh, right. We're still in the hospital. Emma's still in the hospital. This is, well, mm, just let me have the <laughs> scenes. So <laughs> just play the scenes out. So we jump back to the hospital and Emma is having nightmares about Will and the murder. And when she wakes up, she hears her parents fighting outside of her hospital room. But then we realize she hasn't actually woken up. She's like remembering and hallucinating when her dad left and the fight that 
her parents had that she spied yes. on when she was younger. And her mom says that she made the choice to have a baby. And her dad is saying, well, she should have told him and he he can't handle this. And she tells him, then fine, then to leave. And he does. And so back in reality, or what we think is reality, Emma runs out into the hospital hallway for her dad, yelling that she remembers and that he left because he didn't want her. And he says, no, I wasn't talking about you. And he says it so casually that I was like, oh, we're still in the dream. That's a crazy way to respond. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not how he would. And then he says, she knows the truth. Just think about it. I am. I. And then (laughs) I know she's like, okay. And as she thinks about it, the show reminds us dummies about the x-rays, the pig heart, the keychain. And as the mysterious music builds, Emma notices that she's in the obstetrics and pediatrics ward. Why are we here? She asks. But like, she's a child. That's where she would go. Still, I think she should be in the psych ward if she's hallucinating shit. Okay, but she's a she's a peed. She's, she's a peed. She belongs in the pediatric ward. <laughs> she's a child. Anyway, then her dad disappears, and we figure out that she hallucinated him. And I'm not sure the extent of the hallucination. Like, was he did there? Run, did she at actually all? run out to the hallway, or was that in her head? I don't think so. But was did her dad knock in the first place? Was that also part of the hallucination? I don't- like, was he there? Yeah, I don't know. At all. This is also because they break up the scenes. We're like, wait, are we in reality? Or like what? It would help did if they did shift? that like wavy thing. So like, I oh, we're know. out of the dream now. Right? Like, was he real at all? I don't know. And then, okay, we're like, okay, Emma has a secret sibling. She messages Audrey to get the abandoned hospital video. And then Audrey is like, yeah, what are you looking for? And she's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then she pulls up the x-rays and zooms in. And I knew she was going to zoom in, even though they were in the fucking dark with like a low-res camera. I know. I'm like, where's the CSI technology on your little generic laptop, Emma? Come on. It would just be the fuzziest And why is Audrey's footage like the damn Texas Chainsaw Massacre found footage? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's literally like swinging like way all calm over the place. With that when we saw you filming like what's going on there looks like Wait, a damn you were just wheel. walking anyway the important thing is that when she looks at the x-rays she realizes there's a whole section they didn't notice of <laughs> baby ultrasounds dun 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 but okay we gotta slow down the action again and go back to Noah and Audrey who won't stop talking about Branson and now they're searching Branson's classroom because that's all they've done today like they woke up and they were like what's going on with Branson and it is now like 11pm also why are Noah and Audrey the best detectives in this town (laughs) I mean I don't know they're also the only ones trying I think that's why They're just actually trying to investigate anything. So hysteria is written very subtly on the blackboard. And like there's a little light on it. Um, And then Audrey notices legit nothing. She's like, what's that? And she looks up, but then she opens the loudspeaker. Like (laughs) you didn't see anything. 
<laughs> it's a loudspeaker. Well, let me just. Like you didn't, they find like, like a foot into the loudspeaker tunnel. They find a bag with a knife in it. You didn't see shit, Audrey. <laughs> She's that good, Orlean. Stop it. Um, Noah has to throw out a Dexter reference, even though it's just a knife and it's not like an air duct. Anyway, he just has to reference something and they discuss what to do. And Noah's phone gets a hit on Branson's real identity. And like, what the fuck is this technology that they're all using? And why wouldn't the sheriff have it? He's not rich like them. What databases are they illegally searching? Like, they aren't even private investigators. Maybe they could have had a plot point where Audrey becomes a private investigator after Rachel's murder. And then she gets access to, like, all these, like, law enforcement databases and information. I can write this (laughs) show so much better. Anyway, they finally call the sheriff, thank God, who doesn't even take this to, like, evidence at the station. He's just like, oh, let's look at this knife here. Again, what happened to Detective Brock? Seriously, I want to know. Right on Branson's desk. He's just like, oh, it is a knife. Um, And Noah tells this whole, like, elaborate story he's written in his head now about um, Seth Palmer who is a teacher at a small college in New Hampshire who preyed on a girl who mysteriously turned up dead. And Palmer was a suspect until he disappeared. And like, how would they even know he was a suspect? <laughs> they looked all this stuff up really quickly. They're like breaking into every police department in like a tri-state radius and mm-hmm. just like taking their records. Um, And then the sheriff starts asking questions and Noah gets like kind of squirrely <laughs> in a way where it's like, whoa, dude, maybe your theory isn't the answer. Just, like, let someone else ask questions. <laughs> Chill out, kid. And then Noah brings up the cyber-spying ring that, oh, by the way, we find out no one ever told the sheriff about. And is now scrubbed about. away and you can't have found any evidence on? <laughs> no. What? What? And, like... I'm sorry. Noah's just like, yeah, there was this huge cyber spying ring run by one of our teachers and we didn't tell anybody, but he's definitely guilty because of that thing. <laughs> what? Herb doesn't even break like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's literally just like. At this mm, point, I'll believe yeah. anything. Um, I mean, it sounds as logical as everything else he's getting. So. Also, I don't understand. There's also a cell phone in the bag and dun, dun, dun. It's Riley's. Okay. And then the sheriff puts out an APB on Seth Branson, a.k.a. Seth Palmer, which is not even really changing your name. I'm not going to change my first name. And he's still (laughs) a teacher. Kept the same occupation, everything. I'm sorry. This is He wasn't trying that hard, which is why I don't think he's a mastermind. Meanwhile, Branson is meeting Brooke in a very normal, darkened theater at school. (laughs) And he has his vague, murdery persona on. But it seems like another misdirect because they just like start. And we do learn that Branson is the the head of the drama club. He's a sponsor of the drama club. So at least that makes sense. Okay. There's a drama club. I know. uh, Sorry, the the drama club kept me late. Where? Is there a play? Like, he could have just made up a (laughs) drama club. (laughs) aka my only class aka brooke let's come hang out 
Like, I don't, I just, anyway, we go back to the fucking hospital again. Like, this is, uh, let me just tell you, watching this episode is one thing. Having to track what happens in this episode is a Mm -hmm. frustrating exercise. (laughs) Agreed. So, back at the hospital, Emma's mom, I guess, finally shows up. (laughs) And Emma's like, look, who is the baby in this ultrasound? And her mom sits down because, you know, this is going to be like a sad, heavy story. She says she didn't leave town because of the press. She left town because she was pregnant. And she had the baby, put it up for adoption, moved back to Lakewood, and went back to high school. But reconnected with her ex-boyfriend? A lot of that. Why did you come back to the same high school? You're no longer Daisy. You're Maggie now. And but you would look the same. And why wouldn't why wouldn't you just start at the new high school in your new town and like not come back to all these people who kind of like don't I like could see you coming or back trust like after you. college or something like that where you might look a little different and right dye but like yeah, months no. later? No. It- um and then we're like, okay. Who's the dad of the mysterious baby? As if we don't all fucking know. <laughs> Was this a legit mystery no. for anyone at this point? Because, like, we knew it was her BFF, Brandon James. That's this okay. This whole situation is so screwed up. It makes me mad because okay, so she has this closed adoption. She doesn't even find out the sex of the baby. That's fine. But then she's like, "Yeah, I found out that your your father slept with my best friend, and I was so distraught." that Brandy gave me a ride home from the bowling alley. And I'm like, basically, Brandon took advantage of you being in this delicate state. Well, also, the way she says it just happened is such a weird, like, you were sitting in a car in two separate seats. Like, how does it just... I mean, that's a pet peeve of mine whenever people are like, it just happened. I'm like, no, you took a series of specific You can kind of say actions. that if you're drunk and you really don't remember much or something, but. Sure. But like this, these are two like 16 year olds in no. a car. I don't know. I, but I also feel like we're not going to, obviously she's an unreliable narrator. We've known that the whole season, like the way she tells the stories, like she did get mm-hmm. written and killed. She did. Like, she made some mistakes. Um, So I don't... Anyway, Emma puts the pieces together and asks, like, what if that child Mm. is here now? Which, like, okay, but, like, why would that child be murdering people they don't know? Yeah. Like, none of this... (laughs) If you think about this for, like, three extra seconds, you're like... But why? why? Anyway, Brooke and Branson are really just going to like have sex on the school like, theater is not what backstage. you need right now, girlfriend. Um, Get the fuck away from him. Also, you're in the school. Like this just <laughs> I know no one goes to school here and there are no other teachers, but <laughs> I mean it's not the best idea. I Go know. to a car. At I will least. say that Branson has a banging body. And I'm like, ha, banging. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I should say he has a quote, killer body. Wah, wah, wah. 
Oh. So they're getting down to it and he hears a noise and he's like, I'm gonna go check it out. And like I call bullshit. For we a heard lot of no reasons, noise. The we'll audience heard that. no noise. Also, like you're to the part where you're like half clothed. You're not gonna be like, let me go investigate this maybe noise I heard somewhere around us. Like, no, sorry. Um, so he goes to check it out. Brooks alone. The curtain opens and the light goes out. Like all the theater lights go out, and then the spotlight opens right onto Brooke, who is like bra and panties. Very exploitatively, I'm like, like put some damn clothes on you in know? a way. Well, it's clearly the show constantly wants to get her naked, and it's like, look, she looks great, but that stop. <laughs> um. Anyway, someone is walking towards the aisle towards her but she can't see because of the spotlight and so she stands there for like way too long trying to be like Seth? which like you know it's not <laughs> Seth he would say something it's obviously the murderer who gets close enough to her to like slash her arm and she runs and then the killer is gone and Branson is right she fucking there right into him. and she's like where were you and she's like scream crying. And he's like, I got locked out. I had to walk around. No, no. <laughs> like, I, I don't think he's the murderer. But I also think like. You're legit about to live out the plot of like a porn movie. You're not about to like go fully outside with your shirt off to investigate a maybe noise. <laughs> well, then when she runs into him, she's just in a bra and You're panties. And not. now he's got his shirt on. He's fully clothed again. That's what I'm like. It doesn't add up. I don't think he's the murderer, but like, what are you doing? Why? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's what the Why? show is bringing out in me. <laughs> anyway, the lights all go up in the theater. Literally the same second, the police burst in the door. Where did all of these police officers come from? And, and where have they, they been all the this time? I guess because of the drama club thing, but still. And like, what was the crime? Like, I'm, who called the police? What's going on? But anyway, they arrest him. And he's like, Brooke, Brooke. And like, officers circle her to put a jacket on her. And my notes end with, yeah, Brooke had the <laughs> toughest day. She really did. Piper oh, was told as fuck to she her. Had the hardest fucking she stuck day. At, the, at the damn police station. Her dad was arrested. He she maybe disowned her own father, basically. And then she's like, I got to get some screwing done to make myself feel better. And then her s- pedophile she gets killed by maybe, by her, maybe her pedophile yeah. boyfriend. And then he gets God. arrested. And, and she's in a room full of officers in just a bra and panties. <laughs> Oh my god! Like she had the hardest day. Like I just feel oh, so bad for poor her. Brooke. And that's the epic episode eight, which wouldn't be nearly so long if we could just contain our like hospital scenes and our sheriff scenes. But whatever. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. But yeah, uh, I this did not get me ready for the final no, two episodes. Didn't. I mean, it did set up a little, but not much. Very. I mean, I just feel like they're focusing so hard on Branson that, like, 
I don't know. And the sheriff doesn't seem to care. And I don't know. There's I just so many of red herrings. Name still. for this episode: breadcrumbs. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little here and there of what's going on, and nothing really that's too relevant. Yeah, but like by episode eight, you still shouldn't be like anybody could be the murderer. Literally anybody. Like, no, we should yeah. be a little bit more yeah, narrow. I agree at with this that. Point. I agree. What do you think, audience? Do you think it should be narrowed down a little bit more? Do you think you know who the killer is if you haven't watched this before? What do you think the episode should have been titled instead of Ghosts? And who is the secret sibling? And hmm. do we already know them? Hmm. Because on some TV shows, when this plot has come on, like Gossip Girl, the secret sibling never really materializes as a major That's plot true. point and character. But on other shows, it becomes the plot point. So where are we know. going? Give us some comments. Contact uh, Orlean at Spooky Orlean, which is A-U-R-E-L-I-E-N. Correct? Good. Um, yes, I've seen. Yeah. I've spelled it enough with my hand, but then it starts autocorrect. It starts autotyping it after a while. So I'm like, uh. But yeah, Spooky Orlean on Instagram or Twitter, mainly Twitter. The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap, or you can find me on Twitter or TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know, and we we'll, can't wait to hear from you. Um, it was a little bit extra long episode, but we had a lot to say about this episode that nothing really happened in. That's what's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to say we about really these do. characters really in the story. So until next week, when we hit episode nine, The Dance, and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Ah. Bye, everybody. Stay safe.